Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. I was speaking at a men's retreat. It was for a church out of Murray, Kentucky. We were at Paris Landing State Park. I noticed during one of my presentations that a guy was writing with an odd-looking pen. So during one of the breaks, I approached him and said, Hey, what are you doing there? Well, he had an iPad and an Apple pen. He let me hold it and play with it and do some scribbling on it. And it was probably one of the coolest drawing things I'd ever seen. We left the men's retreat, and I was scheduled to speak at the church in Murray, Kentucky. So on Sunday morning, I drove over to the building after leaving my hotel room and walked in. And as I walked in, one of the deacons came up and gave me this bag. He said, you need to take this, no questions asked. And I said, well, now you have, you put me in a position where I have to ask questions. And he said, no, no, this, this is a gift. And the person giving the gift wants to remain anonymous. And, and, and it was an iPad, an iPad pro with an Apple pencil. It's one of the nicest gifts I've ever been given. I've tried to get around my lack of technology and learn to use it. Uh, I've written a, uh, a small story kind of in the, the vein of C.S. Lewis and drawn uh, pictures in the margins, and, and it's, it's out there. It's about being selfish. Uh, but I did it completely uh, on an iPad, even created the cover on, on the iPad that this guy gave me. I've done a lot of things with my iPad. I, I talked to a tech wizard, and he said I could buy Apple TV, a projector, uh, some kind of weird cording device, and I could draw on the iPad and project the drawings on the wall. Well, I got asked to speak at this little Christian school and do some things about bullying. Now, when, when I do my talk to kids about bullying, we, we play what I call the Fido drill. We, we draw a little doghouse, we decorate the doghouse. We put a dog food bowl in front of the doghouse, and we label it FIDO. FIDO stands for forget it, drive on. And I talk to the children about, hey, when somebody says something about you, when somebody says something to you, when somebody's words look like they have the power to bother you or hurt you, you need to ask a series of questions. And the FIDO drill is basically a series of questions, and, and if they are answered yes, you move down and ask the next question. If they're answered no, you give it to Fido, you forget it, and you drive on. So I'm using my new iPad, and I'm drawing on the iPad, and the images are appearing on the wall. The 5th, 6th, and 7th graders did a great job. They looked, they listened, they paid attention, they asked some questions, I gave them some techniques, 
when the first, second, and third graders came in, the first thing that happened was when I started drawing and the letters appeared on the wall, this little girl stood up and yelled, how is this even happening? To which a, a young man replied, it's magic, and you lose control of the whole room. But without distraction, the Fido drill goes like this. Somebody says something to you or somebody says something about you. Question number one is, is it true? Now, that's a yes or no question. <laughs> it's not ambiguous. It's, hey, they said this about me. They said this about my family. They said this about my color. They said this about my heritage. They said this about my race. Bottom line, is it true? And if it's not true, then why do you give it any power? Now, I understand that as word users, there are lots of things in the Bible about how we should use our words. Our speech should be with grace seasoned with salt. We, we should say things to people for edification to build them up and make them better. I've got a responsibility as a guy who's, who's the speaker to speak in a certain way. And when the verse says life and death are in the tongue, I really think that life and death are in the tongue only when you give the tongue that much power. So when somebody says something to you or says something about you, the first thing you have to ask is, is this true? Now, if it's not true, you, you leave it. You drive on. Forget it. Drive on. If you have someone say something to you and it's true, the next question you ask then is, can I change it? And there are some things about us that we can't change. I'm short. I'm bald. I'm short and bald. Nothing I can do about that. So when somebody says something about you and, and, and it's true, you look at yourself and you go, okay, can I change this? No. Well, then if you can't change it, then there's no defense and there's no need to defend it. That's who you are and that's how you are. So it's true, but it can't be changed. So I'm going to give it to Fido. Forget it. Drive on. But sometimes someone says something about you and you go, hey, is this true? And it's, yeah, it's true. And as I take an inventory of my life, I go, you know what, actually, this thing about me could be changed. So if that's a yes, then the next question you ask is, does it need to change? Now, this is really where the rubber meets the road and you have mature people versus immature people. Because if, if there's something here that I've, I've chosen to do, I've chosen to present myself as, and your words have enough power to upset me that I'm really not owning my choice. W without starting a firestorm, let's just take football fans, for example. Some of you out there are unapologetically fans of your football team. And it really doesn't matter how good or bad your team is doing. It doesn't matter what their win-loss record is. It doesn't matter if they've never beaten their rivals in years and years and years. You still say, hey, I choose not to change this. And because I choose not to change it, I'm not going to let your words upset me. Now, if it's something you can change and these people's words upset you, then you're not really being honest about owning it. You see, you can pretend to be anything you want to be. But if I pretend that I'm whatever, and you go, but you're really not that, and I go, oh, you've destroyed my life. <sighs> if if you don't really believe it strongly enough not to be offended about it, then you really don't believe it strongly enough. So is it true? No, Fido gets it. 
Is it true? Yes. Well, then can I change it? No, I can't change it. Then Fido gets it. Is it true? Yes. Can I change it? Yes. Does it need to be changed? I've chosen that this is something that I'm not going to debate or compromise on, so I'm not going to change it. Then Fido gets it. But if somebody says something and it's true, and it can be changed, and it needs to be changed, and then you get mad about it, or you get hurt about it, or you give them the power to upset you. If it's true, and it can be changed, and it needs to be changed, someone's told you something you needed to hear. And if that upsets you, that says more about you than it does about them. It says more about what you think about yourself than what they actually said about you. Let me share with you a little allegory. I don't remember how long ago this was written. I'm not really sure where it came from. <laughs> Looking back, I, I think it probably sneaked into the car while the trunk was open. Maybe, maybe it was in my coat when I grabbed it and stalked out that Sunday morning. The preacher made me so mad. Now, it could have been in the baby's bag. Yeah, it was in the baby's bag because we left so hurry when that guy made the announcement, hey, if you've got a crying baby, you can take it to the nursery or the cry room. Actually, it could have come from just about anywhere. Maybe it got in my wallet when they announced the special contribution and I closed it so fast. Maybe I brought it home inside my Bible. Yeah, it would have had a long time to grow undisturbed in my Bible. I don't open my Bible at home because I'm so busy. Maybe it was in my mask. Or maybe it followed me home because I wasn't wearing a mask. Maybe, just maybe, it came home because I invited it home. I really can't tell where it came from. Nonetheless, I ended up carrying this little grudge home with me. And it seemed pretty cute at the time. It made me feel special. It made me feel important. That little grudge that I brought home with me only focused on my feelings. I didn't know at the time that the little grudge would eat so well. <laughs> In fact, it ate so well, it really was just basically easy to feed. It fed on the slightest things. Almost like it was just looking for something to keep it alive. And boy, did it grow fast. In fact, it got to be such that I would end up missing services to stay home just to tend to my little grudge. I never really told anybody about my grudge. I mean, I just kept it. And I held and nurtured and fed it. And after a few weeks, my grudge was so important to me that I just quit going to church altogether. I mean, there was nothing anybody could do anyway. If someone came to see me, my grudge would feed on the fact that they were judging us and they brought to our house that holier-than-thou attitude. You see, my little grudge can see things that aren't even there. If no one came to see me, my grudge would digest that as isolation from them. They don't care about you anyway. I told you my grudge can see things that aren't there. I never thought that taking that little grudge home with me could turn into such a mess. But by this time, I no longer owned it, but it owned me. If I hadn't allowed it to feed or if I'd exposed it to the light, it might have just gone away. As it is, 
I think it was fed so much and got so big that it had to molt. And once it got really, really hard and dead on the outside, it just sat there for a few days. And, 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 and well, when it emerged from that hard shell, I think my little grudge had turned into resentment. Now the resentment that permeates my house has cost me my soul, the soul of my wife, the soul of my little ones. And it all started when I carried home a little grudge. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information. Three W's and a dot. Eruptyouthrally.com www.eruptyouthrally.com